Namaste and welcome to another episode of the Bharatvarta Weekly. I am Roshan Karyapa. I have with me Nirav Kanodra to run you through the news and events of the week that was and it's been a rather eventful few days. Uh we'll talk about Russian President Vladimir Putin's interview uh by Tucker Carlson, uh India's decision to build a fence along the Myanmar border, the killing of Indian students uh in the US of late. um us is worsening immigration crisis and the whole border security situation there uh, and also uttarakhand becoming the first state to pass the ucc or the uniform civil code bill and uh, well pakistan's state of elections uh, as well right all of this and more on the bharatvarta weekly if this is your first time joining us we publish episodes on politics policy and culture do follow or subscribe to us on your favorite platform to stay updated Hey Nirav, good to be back after a long time. Hey. How are things going? Yes, yes, long time indeed. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about this uh, blockbuster Putin interview. Uh, journalist Tucker Carlson, who runs his own prime time news show on X, interviewed uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, Tucker Carlson became the first Western mainstream journalist to interview Putin since the Ukraine war began. In the two-hour-long conversation, Putin came prepared with documents and spoke about Russia's history, the U.S. leadership and its mistakes, his thoughts on BRICS and what triggered the Ukraine war, and so on. Also, on Thursday, American President Joe Biden mistakenly referred to Egyptian President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi as the leader of Mexico. The comment came as he was making remarks on a special counsel report concerning his handling of classified documents and that referred to his memory as to quote poor which he denied in an angry rebuttal. Uh, well, uh, kind of a contrast on both sides uh, Nirav. Uh, I'm yet to catch up with the Tucker Carlson uh, uh, interview of Putin. Uh, it's a couple of hours long and I intend to do that over the weekend. uh but from what i saw uh, i think two two three things right so one is there were a lot of these historic references uh, uh, that putin made and people were pleasantly su- surprised that you know uh, the man has that uh, in his nature right so that is one thing second thing uh, you know the timing of the interview uh, you know I, in an election year uh, in the us i mean people kind of expected um, putin to you know come in with uh, uh, you know all hands i mean no no holds barred and sort of swinging for the fence but uh, he was a little more restrained held back uh, supposedly uh, right did not uh, do any of those things um, right uh, what were uh, some of the things that uh, you noticed okay so i think a uh, few things so as you mentioned right putin came in as a very balanced person and uh, without making like bombastic statements just think about like say had it been trump and what kind of comments he would have made like putin has sounded very balanced uh the western world has barely uh, ever seen putin speak in english like this right so also this also tells you about legacy media so uh, tucker carlson was fired from fox and now he's like an independent thing he's on x.com he's put it out there right that is a big win for elon musk or like people having to watch it on x so that's one thing uh second thing is putin is trying to get across his message to like a wider audience uh the western world because nobody else has given him a platform now again 
he said about he's talking from his perspective he said about how like ukraine after independence and ussr broke up has trying to be looking at its own identity to form an identity it's like kind of being uh treating the people of russian ethnicity uh instead of the ukrainian a uh, little bit badly all these things you can debate about it whether it is true it's not true what is his opinion what are the reasons but he came in prepared uh, he said things uh, wider things what he mentioned uh, this also shows one more thing is he is not trying to be like a vassal state to china i think he mentioned about she he spoke a little bit about china but he's trying to speak as a little bit more as an equal uh, he mentioned brics so that is like a growing force he's trying to see the unified south i think uh, stuff like them selling oil to india in rupees to try avoid sanctions he spoke about weaponization of the us dollar so this also probably gets people's attention and uh, people are worried about holding a lot of their reserves in us dollars what if something happens and they sanction you so he's come out he's shown his viewpoint you may agree or disagree to his viewpoints you may have a different view point that is fine but this is someone who gave him like a long plat like a platform and uh, this whole thing is there so that is one thing two this in a us election year he's highlighted that how much arms etc us is supplying ukraine and now uh, people might be thinking what is uh, the purpose of this and if i would say like a close parallel was zelensky trying to uh uh influence indian people so he gave an interview to republic tv with arnab goswami that is in a way because they thought that oh india is kind of russia's ally india is buying oil from russia but people fail to realize oil is a global commodity if india is buying russian oil because europeans are not buying europeans can buy other cheaper middle eastern oil because india is buying russian oil if we take russia out of the market the oil price spike would have been much higher so anyways zelensky was trying to persuade indian people which india is a democracy so that if majority of indian people would be pro ukraine if could the indian government move away from russia a bit right i think similarly putin he is thinking about two things if we have a ceasefire today and if the public sentiment in the us changes that would possibly force the current president or if there is a change of government then the future president to change their view if the wider public believes that it is a futile war and if there is ceasefire today maybe the border or the line of control is drawn and russia controls those eastern provinces uh, which it has conquered now whether it is a good thing is it a bad thing i would leave it for people who are in there uh, within ukraine as well there are some people who support the russian government and would prefer to be russian there are a lot of people who recently have gotten dual citizenship so the russian ethnicity people and there are a lot of people see this only till 89 90 it was one country right and when the soviet union was formed there were a lot of people who were sent on government jobs elsewhere and they tried to mix up even in all the kazakhstan and like all the other stans which were like conquered by russia uh they tried to mix in people and there are a lot of people with cousins i think zelensky has some uh, family some aunt and some cousins in russia right so uh, there are people and there are people of sympathies either side so maybe there are people in russia who support ukraine there are people in ukraine who support russia and it's a very delicate topic so i don't really have like a strong view on that uh, but this is something where he has come out and he has 
portrayed his viewpoints and uh, it is uh, like maybe you cannot underestimate russian grandmasters it is a chess move trying to influence people so that uh, a ceasefire or quicker the war ends earlier i mean i am in favor of peace i don't know a lot of people either ways will be upset but that at least uh, reduces a lot of casualties get some normalcy whether you want to do business or sanction russia or not it's every country's and their decision people's decision uh, they can have if the war ends maybe it is better i don't know which side is better but uh, that's a big move over there and uh, he has played his move whether it is successful whether it is not uh, tucker carlson has raised his profile immensely right uh, just by this one move he's he's done a grand stroke for his career elon musk has had a, a grand move for x right showing like an alternative media thing so i think a lot of such things have come out and uh, i haven't watched the full thing i took a, i read a couple of takes uh, uh, there are long threads on twitter uh, people have seen all of it and but i plan to watch the whole 2 hour thing uh, this weekend and uh, definitely i think it shows putin in a different light instead of like a lot of the western media which continues to bash him i am not a putin fan but i'm saying that i think even opposite views do deserve a platform uh, that's all i would say you may choose to disagree that is fine but uh, you should be able to uh, allow give them a voice right if the voice where it should be banned is if they are inciting violence they are inciting people to do something and putin has done nothing of that sort in this interview yeah so at the time of recording uh, the uh, interview has some 167 million views uh, right which is again phenomenal reach uh, and engagement i would say right um, yeah i mean you know shout out to elon musk actually i mean he's built perhaps the first neutral news platform uh, the world has ever seen i, I would say right i mean uh, and you just think about tucker as well he's interviewed the argentinian president the hungarian president bunch of these folks right and whenever these folks are interviewed by either cnn or bbc or whatever there is a certain slant uh, if at all they even have these uh, folks on the platform right the funny thing is i mean all these uh, you know i was reading a bunch of these you know uh, articles on politico and elsewhere and uh, it's like you know they've seen the same interview but then you know people have come to two different conclusions based on their uh, uh, political beliefs and what not right which is i mean it's a bizarre situation in the us it's it's almost become like you know supporting sports teams right i mean you're fanatical about one side or the other and uh, uh, x is sort of a, a neutral in between platform in in that sense uh, right yeah. uh, which airs all these views yeah so you can choose to see it yourself yeah. if you want to spend 2 hours and choose your opinion accordingly yeah. that's all what do you think about uh, you know the the report on biden you know because i i, I yeah. feel that that was damning i mean uh, uh, yeah. to talk about a serving president that way uh, right that uh, you know his mental acuity is not there um that's an indictment on not just the the, the president himself but also on the system itself right no so maybe let's keep the system aside see there is natural aging uh the report which has come out and then like kind of leaked out to public uh which says like biden see due to aging and different people age at different speeds etc but we do know after a certain age uh this kind of 
uh, your mental faculties don't operate at the same efficiency. And so it also could be true that four years ago, Biden was all fit and fine. And slowly over these four years, maybe he's uh, kind of like his memory or something has been failing him. Uh, the thing what happened is he made an unscheduled press conference where he spoke about his leadership, what all he's been doing, the situation in Ukraine, the situation in Gaza. And in the question and answer, so this was unscheduled, very quickly done, maybe as a response for him to show that he's all fit and fine. He made a blooper saying that he spoke to the president of Mexico, President Sisi, though he got the name correct. But maybe thinking about border reflective, reflexively for an American border means Mexico when he was mentioning the Egypt and Gaza border and let the Gazan refugees in to Egypt. And uh, so he made a blooper, but George W. Bush used to make bloopers mm. multiple times uh, when he was all fit and fine, physically, mentally fit, but he used to make bloopers. So again, you can read into it the way you want. Uh, one speculation, and this is from the betting markets, is now people are betting that the nominee need not be Biden. People are betting uh, Kamala Harris, the VP could run. Uh, so maybe Biden might say that he'll complete the full term as president, but may not run again. Uh, or it could be Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, or Michelle Obama. And the UK betting markets, uh, Betfair in particular, has got fairly large volumes of bets being placed. Uh, right now, Trump is leading Nikki Haley, winning all the primaries so far. But again, there are two things which tells you like this is not over till it's over. Uh, Trump is also old. He's like a few years younger than Biden. But Trump is born in 1946. Biden is born in 1943 or yeah, 42 or 43. So uh, people would start saying that Trump could make similar mistakes due to aging in a few years time, even if he wins now. So uh, that also could misfire. And so basically, it's going to be either Trump or Nikki Haley from the Republican side, the way it looks like it. And from the uh, Democrat side, it opens up a bit. And uh, this makes the field wide open. And the US, the election, the way it is run is, uh, if you win a state, you win all the delegates of the state. So only like a few swing states uh, matter. The swing voters in a few swing states matter and they might not have made up their mind and there's a lot of information yet to come. So it makes it an interesting race. Let's see how it goes. We'll see. We'll get to know more. Uh, so there is again in the betting markets, there is speculation. There are bets on when does uh, Biden actually stop running in the race. So 7th of March, he has to make a state of the union address and maybe in that speech, he might say that uh, he may not run, but he may choose to be defiant and still run if he and the team around him believes that he can run and win. But if really he's aging, the few late night debates or all the things which go on as we get closer to the election and there are two finalized nominees uh, might be a bit difficult. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's see. It's it's a wide open contest. Uh, We'll see. Uh, only time will tell. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Um, right. And uh, speaking of borders and such, uh, 
On Tuesday, Home Minister uh, Mr. Amit Shah confirmed the reports of the Indian government of building a fence along the 1643-kilometer border shared with Myanmar, effectively ending the free movement regime. This move comes as a response to the violence that occurred in the Manipur region last year. Some local governments and student bodies have opposed the move, while others have rejoiced in their demands being met. Those opposing claim to have families and relatives on the other side of the border. Uh, I think, Nirav, this is a sensible response, right? I think overall, when you look at it, uh, it is consistent with the uh, Indian government's uh, investments along the border, uh, right? I mean, the previous governments had a drastically different approach, saying that if you don't develop anything along the border, then it won't be worth, uh, you know, uh, invading or uh, acquiring as such. But uh, I think there's record investments that's gone into uh, the Indo-China Indo border, for instance, uh, building roads and, you know, passageways and so on and so forth there. Um, and uh, similar, you know, considering uh, the, the massive issue that we had uh, in Manipur, it is only sensible to have a stronger border uh, uh, there as well. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, a strong country has like a well-defined border. We are not saying don't travel to Myanmar. I think we are also building a highway and we want to do more trade with Myanmar. See, Myanmar in those hilly regions there, even from Myanmar, they have the coastal region which is very different versus they are hilly mountainous region near the Himalayas in the eastern side, our eastern side, they are north and west. There's a lot of drug trafficking. There are a lot of those earlier, a lot of Myanmaris uh, drug traffickers would escape their police and live in India because they would cross over the border. A lot of Indian separatists used to sometimes live in Myanmar. So you need to have proper border control and you need to have uh, passage of goods. Yes, can we trade more with Myanmar? Wonderful, that'll be fantastic, right? That increases wealth both sides. Uh, we need to have like a well-regulated border, every border, our border with Pakistan, border with Bangladesh, border with Nepal, border with China, Bhutan, right? We want more people-to-people -people exchange, yes, but just go through proper borders. I think once you lose control of your borders, it allows uh, people who are trying to evade the law, easy sanctuary on the other side. Uh, like then the police does not have jurisdiction there. And uh, a lot of things could be smuggled in and out, a lot of arms or drugs or whatever. And a porous border can be problematic. I think if you're a strong country and you're trying to be like a strong nation, you need to have a well-defined border, a well-settled population, right? and uh, and trade with everyone so the border can be open but pass through the toll gate correctly i think that's that, that's like a firm view and i think these investments are a necessary thing this will prevent say like anti-india forces or people trying to break india from the outside etc yes uh, drug trafficking reduces that right uh, all of these kind of like criminal elements separatist elements uh, so i think I am for a strong border for every country. If you're a strong country, you have to have like full control of your border. Don't you like to have full control of your house? You invite guests home, you go to other people's house, that's fine. But you should have full control of your perimeter of your house. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you know, continuing on the same theme itself, uh, America's borders continue to bleed as millions of illegal immigrants cross into the country. The situation along the border has been on a downward spiral for the majority of the past year and the number of immigrants illegally crossing has been only increasing uh, in recent uh, weeks and months. 
Uh, there was a standoff between the White House and Texas over White House's refusal to enforce existing border laws. Some estimates peg the number of illegal immigrants crossing the border in 2023 to over 3 million people, uh, the highest uh, in a single year in many, many uh, years. Well, um, I don't know what seems to be the situation here, uh, whether they're not able to have a sensible immigration policy or, uh, you know, they're, they're not able to enforce it. Um, I don't know what seems to be the problem here, uh, Nirav. I mean, there is one uh, hypothesis that, you know, the Democrats are trying to import voters, um, right? And uh, although it might seem a bit uh, conspiratorial, uh, the way the, the crisis is playing out here where, you know, apparently last month there were more illegal uh, immigrants uh, in the country, like came into the country than the number of babies born, right? Um, so, this, so this is going to be, a, uh, it's going to have a tangible impact on the demographics for sure, uh, right? And considering this is an election year, I mean, uh, yeah, how do you see this uh, playing out? Okay, so uh, one thing is there that even if a kid is born to illegal immigrants, the kid will be a citizen, right? So uh, that is like, so let's go through everything once. So first is Trump was for building a wall on the border. Trump was for the ICE uh, agents. So that is immigration department. They were going into like restaurants. A lot of the restaurants had kitchen staff earlier, which were illegal immigrants, etc. And trying to deport and Trump tried to deport a lot of people. Uh, they estimate that the stock of illegal immigrants uh, is about uh, 10 to 12 million, uh, which is equivalent to the number of legal immigrants is about 11.6 million. The ones on H1B visa, student visa, green cards, etc. Uh, so there are a lot of theories. Let me go through some of the popular theories floating around, right? So one theory is that uh, if you uh, keep the border lax, uh, USA after COVID has been having shortage of labor, especially in the service sector in the lower end wages and the wages have been going up. Inflation has been going up. That's a crisis. That's a problem. If you are soft on the border and let some people come in, most of the illegal immigrants are economic immigrants are coming to do some job and uh, you get additional supply of labor, which adds up to like if 3 million number is correct, these are all estimates, right? Because there's no documentation. We can uh, not say 1% of the population more than the number of kids born per year. Uh, then uh, this solves some of the labor supply. Whereas increasing legal immigration uh, has to go through Congress. People have to vote. There are different constituencies. So that is one thing. So what you have is you have strict laws, but loosely enforced, right? You have strict laws, but loosely enforced. Now you do not see any enforcement, whether you're employing illegal immigrants uh, after like in uh, certain cities, uh, you do not have the uh, policy to frisk or ask for an ID. There are sanctuary cities where a police or any law enforcement agents cannot ask you for your passport or valid ID. So you can roam around the US, even if you go on a tourist visa and overstay, for example. But so to get employment, it is difficult because you don't have a social security number, etc. So that is one argument that this softly allows for uh, more cheap labor, uh, labor supply. Yeah. Second argument is possibly if you come in as an illegal immigrant, you settle in, you get some job, you work in the gray economy, get cash payments, maybe you work as a kitchen staff or housekeeping staff in hotels, all of those kind of things. Uh, 
when you become legalized or you have kids, they become citizens and you get some green card because of them, etc. You will be indebted to the party which was in power when you got in and maybe you vote for them for life. So that is one other conspiracy theory that Democrats might get new voters it's like 1% of the population which came in. That's one thing, right? Uh, one argument is because you're so opposed to Donald Trump, you want to do exactly opposite to what he did. That's another one. Uh, where does this hurt? Is it hurts the lower wage American citizens. You have more competition. That is there. Two, uh, think about people who go in uh, on H-1B visas. That's 85,000 a year, 65,000 for like people, 20,000 20, if you have a master's degree in STEM from a US university or like 65,000 for all others. And for green card, for they only give a fixed number per nationality per year. So Indians, the backlog is over 20 years. So think about all the legal immigrants who are there in the queue. Think about in the 90s, it used to be 200K, which was reduced to 65K. And then sometime in 2010 or something, they increased it to 85K. It is like 40 years of legal immigration is one year's illegal immigration, right? So I think uh, the number of people that they've gotten in. Lastly, when you're under full control of your border, you cannot distinguish who comes in from the other side. Uh, could be criminals, could be drug dealers, could be whoever, or people who are smuggled in by illegal agents usually want them to do a favor because they've taken a big loan to pass through. And maybe you support them for some criminal activity, could be just like distribution of drugs. And then maybe somebody else deals it at final stage, but you could be carriers. Uh, second thing, for whoever it is, it need not be also a lot of people who are coming in are not Mexicans, a lot of Indians or Chinese or people from Central America, they're going through Mexico through the border. A criminal commits a crime in the US, could be robbery or murder or something, but has no record, is a ghost because you do not have fingerprints, you do not have social security number, uh, you don't have much to lose. So if somebody can, if the border is open, somebody comes in, say a criminal gang wants to get a contract to kill someone, uh, you can hire a hitman from coming in to a crime and then again cross back the border. Uh, that is a hypothetical problem of an open border, right? If you are legally coming in, get some passport stamped, come in as a tourist, go out, you have some record who came in, who went out, right? There is some record, there could be some tracking. Uh, this just makes all these things more difficult. I am all for a strong state. I'm all for a strong state, strong, secure borders. Keep, uh, I like not very strict laws. I like good laws but like enforced properly good enforcement of law right yeah i think so even I'm the keep a country closed yeah even the somewhat liberal folks have come to the realization that what is happening is like absolutely chaotic right i mean yes. uh, and now last thing what has happened is texas is getting bordering the longest border with mexico is texas what they are doing is they are shipping these illegal immigrants they are busing them to other democrat states and suddenly you are getting people uh, going everywhere in New Jersey, in one town, Edison, which is majority Indian, and then second is Chinese, actually. Uh, there they are putting in signs that no, no illegals here. And there's, they are, the buses which drop them off are again parked in buses and sent to other towns. So uh, 
on the I-95 highway, they put in signs that Edison, no, we don't want any one of these here. And maybe see, it is security safety. 99% of these illegal immigrants might be non-criminals. But even if 1% come in, it's quite a large number, right? And uh, significant number. So again, and also who does it hurt? It hurts the lower level service workers. It hurts the legally people who are there. It hurts the legal immigration, right? And I think they could have an expanded program. H2B is the visa for like migrant farm workers, which they have a shortage. They could have an expanded program for blue collar workers and have it done legally. Get in more people, get in more legal immigration, have them have a better path for all of them. So I think uh, it is a little bit chaotic situation now in our year. Uh, Donald Trump is trying to leverage on that and say how bad is it and he, he wants to come in power. And now that it's so, such a problem, maybe Biden administration wants to realize and act a little bit now. And given it's gone so much out of hand uh, that they want to solve the problem before the election in November. So again, that's another problematic area. Uh, there are multiple reasons why this could be happening. And I'm not saying anything is good or bad, but uh, this is my personal opinion. Like everywhere in any country, I like strong countries, strong borders, open borders, allow people in, but legally. Yeah, it's a it's the most fundamental covenant that uh, a nation has, right, to, with its people. That uh, hey, I mean, this is separate, uh, right? This particular landmass is separate, and uh, we will live by uh, laws and policies uh, that govern these people, right? So, um, yeah. Well, uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, five Indian origin students have died while studying in the US. While the murder of one was caught on camera, the other deaths remain unexplained and are likely suspected to be murders as well. Uh, the Ministry of External Affairs has released a statement saying that while the deaths are unfortunate, there exists no foul play or interconnection between any of these victims. The Indian diaspora in the US took to X to shed light on the rise in hate crimes against Indians across the country and aired their frustrations. Um, well, the crimes don't seem to be connected, but obviously, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, it does signal uh, some worry, right? I mean, considering that, uh, you know, five students in, in a matter of a few weeks have been uh, murdered, um, right? Uh, one theory that I have is that, uh, you know, obviously Indians are, uh, higher up in the totem pole in terms of like their well-being, uh, their net earnings and so on and so forth. One of the successful uh, immigrant communities, a model minority in some sense, right? And uh, it could also attract the attention of uh, criminal elements, uh, right? And uh, is there an element of racism in that? Well, potentially, yes. But uh, it could also be uh, random crimes that are sort of bunched together, uh, right? I, I think that is potentially, I mean, that possibly explains what this is uh, until we have new information on some kind of a, uh, a gang or something of that sort. Because uh, I think if you look back to the 80s and 90s, there were these uh, dot busters in, uh, uh, in the New Jersey area, right? Which targeted exclusively Indians as such. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's something to that effect uh, right now. Uh, so these so these could be random uh, criminal uh, um, elements, uh, you know, uh, having their way. Uh, one, one thing, though, I mean, I should say is that the, the U.S. cities, the crime has worsened, like big time, uh, especially places like San Francisco and Chicago and so on. Um, I, I think, you know, for lack of police action, 
the homelessness uh, the drug situation is is terrible and uh, it could also be an you know like an outpouring of that uh, right resulting from that yeah uh we have an upcoming episode with arnab ray who goes by the handle at great bong on x uh and he is an indian living in the us he's lived there for 20 plus years and we had a wide ranging discussion on some of the social and cultural elements of you know being a desi in the us how he's seen that evolve uh, and so on uh, so that could be an interesting uh, discussion for those uh, who are interested in this uh well closer home on wednesday 7th february Uttarakhand became the first Indian state to pass the Uniform Civil Code Bill which presents common law for marriage divorce inheritance of property etc across communities a day after passing the bill the government got to work on demolition of illegal buildings built on encroached government land this led to riots in the Banbulpur area in Haldwani district due to the raising of an illegal madrasa during the demolition drive Stones were pelted and several vehicles were set on fire following the demolition of the mosque. The Haldwani district is now under curfew and a shoot on site order has been issued to the enforcement agencies. Um well we've discussed UCC in the past uh fundamentally we feel that uh, you know uh, it is uh, it is right in the sense that it gives uh, privileges to minorities i mean it people who were neglected before whether that is women um in terms of inheritance uh, and also it brings um all sections of the community under one common law right which is a, again a basic tenant uh, uh, that uh, you know we all abide by um there are going to be offshoots uh, in terms there are going to be uh, these kind of incidents in the near to mid term i would say um just as a reaction to some of the stuff that's happened uh, but hopefully it all settles down over a period of time uh, but nirav i i think the central government was also perhaps mulling introducing ucc um, nationally right um, do you think that uh, you know it will follow this sort of a federal structure or do you think that uh, it can be enforced uh, from the from the center okay so one thing is uh, was already there in uh, goa because under the portuguese law Goa, Daman, Diu, and Goa is one state. The rest became union territories. Uh, they are still having the uniform civil code, so that is one thing. So Uttarakhand is actually like the second state, uh, which has done this, right? Goa has always had uniform civil code. Uh, a lot of liberal people say, oh, like they should have like different laws, etc. But like we have uniform criminal code, right? We don't follow Sharia law for criminal code. And uniform civil code, if you look at like really liberal values about like inheritance. uh divorce etc i think it is a, a better law like personally personally again not reflecting any other views i am in for uniform civil code uh, a lot of people uh, aim at like uh, look at like oh we need to be like other liberal countries in the west but all the western countries have uniform civil code right right so i am for it now we also live in a society right we also live in a democracy and everybody may not accept it right but uh, can this be done and then can like the public consciousness about this aspect be changed and maybe we see a few states implement it and slowly this goes a little bit wider right so uh, i am all for it if i could do it and i could do it i would have done it years ago probably after the shahbano case was the right time to do it if not at independence itself uh, but if it happens this way uh, let it be so uh, again i'm i'm all in for a strong state so illegal uh, 
illegal uh, structures being demolished is all correct whether it is a temple or a madrasa or whatever it is uh, or a mosque well a lot of people what they do is they once you try to legitimize by putting in religion then you show you anti this religion and then that's encroachment by another way shadow encroachment so i am not for it uh, at least so uh, it is just that as in uh, just have like a strong state and if a uh, majority see another thing is i personally am not too fast uh, being indian citizen uh, having full family in rest of my family all in india is for me whatever the civil code applies it applies if someone else is slightly different it should not bother me i do personally would want a uniform society and everybody treated the same and i would want it's an unfortunate thing if say like um, muslim uh, women get lesser in a divorce proceedings have lesser rights or like uh, daughters have lesser inheritance rights right you could create a will and uh, give as much as you want or disinherit whoever you want but it just applies the same for everyone so i think it is a move ahead if you try to go from like as society evolves i think this is move ahead to like a a little more equal and a just society so i would go and say those kind of things the only right? thing is though i think we need a more mature opposition uh, right yes. that uh, kind of functions in the interest of uh, the country uh, and uh, does not devolve into petty politicking on on uh, these kind of matters as well right whether it is matters of uh, uh, you know national interest uh, border security and so on and so forth uh, right but uh, we've seen that you know these kind of things are often weaponized by uh, the opposition right i mean which is which is kind of unfortunate uh, although you know uh, information is uh, widely available so i hope people make up their minds about this uh, particularly if uh, you know they're being targeted uh, uh, by these kind of uh, elements right in society uh, well we'll end with uh, some news from our neighbors pakistan on thursday they held their national assembly elections and uh, it made headlines for being the most blatantly rigged elections in the country so far uh, pakistan's largest party leader imran khan is uh, serving jail time and his party's members contested the elections independently as the party has been banned voters across the country complained of severe malpractice at polling stations and outright denial of their rights to vote the results were out on friday with imran khan's loyalists um, the pakistan tehreek e insaf having won a stunning 97 of the 266 uh, seats while the other two parties won 66 and 51 seats respectively um, late friday evening uh, mr nawaz sharif the former pakistan prime minister claimed victory with a coalition government with the ppp well uh, a lot to unpack here uh, i think we should perhaps you know have uh, you know some friends from across the border on the podcast uh, to delve into some of these uh, uh, ma- you know some of the things that's uh, unraveling there in pakistan uh, i certainly watched uh, you know one episode uh, a couple of months back and it was uh, it was uh, you know a little distressing you should say right from a just from a people and a humanitarian perspective i mean it sounds funny that the karachi police did not have uh, petrol in their cars to chase down thieves and robbers but uh, it it is really such a stark situation uh, right now you know uh, when i talk to young people here they're hopeful and optimistic respective of what their you know political beliefs could be 
right? Uh, there is a certain zeitgeist here in India, I would say, uh, on building, on optimism, on hope. Um, and uh, that is not uh, present in um, in other parts of the world and particularly across the across the border and that's pretty sad uh, you know i should say well uh, yeah any comments so just, to add, just to add like kind of unfortunate thing like imran khan has been like accused of a lot of crimes but the crime he and his wife have been sent to prison for seven years so they've been accused for like sharing state secrets and like being disloyal or whatever and those can't be proved it's just basis allegations probably but the crime that he's been sent to prison for seven years is as per their law or as per Sharia law, his wife had divorced someone and then she got re, uh, remarried to Imran Khan. You have to have a three month period in between. And I think they got married in less than three months. And uh, so this kind of technical issue which you think in a civilized society, let people be whatever. Maybe the old ancient ruling was, had there been a pregnancy and had there been a kid uh, born, uh, maybe the three month period gives you uh, like a clear idea about paternity of the kid. Is it from the previous husband or is it from the new husband, etc.? Maybe it was for those reasons in those days, right? Uh, now we've moved ahead. If you want, there are DNA tests available or whatever it is. So I'm saying in a modern society, maybe this shouldn't have been the case or also it's a witch hunt. So basically he's been put into prison for this particular reason. Again, more seats were won by PTI. So there are three parties, right? So Nawaz Sharif's uh, PMP and then there is PPP, which is Zulfikar uh, Bhutto's party, which Benazir Bhutto and now uh, their son, Bilawal Bhutto, Benazir's son, uh, is heading. So those two have formed. So basically the second and third party have formed a coalition to get victory, but the biggest party has been like sidelined, right? So uh, that's the other thing. So it's a bit of a messy thing. And you always like your neighbors to be happy and like stable. See a chaotic uh, situation there can create problems in our kids, right? So uh, it's a sad thing and like huge population. Uh, if they do really badly, there's a huge humanitarian uh, crisis, right? So, uh, but yeah, it just tells you like how Pakistan was ahead of India in the 70s and 80s is when India started catching up and going ahead and 90s we took off. So uh, like uh, that's one thing. And now how far away we've gone even as societies. So yeah, economy as well as society. Yeah, uh, really a terrible situation. And uh, like I said, uh, we will perhaps have someone on the podcast who is an authoritative, uh, you know, sort of an expert uh, on uh, the society and culture there to talk about this. Well, we have a couple of interesting episodes uh, coming up. Uh, one, I mentioned uh, Arna Bray uh, at Great Bong on Twitter or X. Uh, we spoke about a wide range of things, including his upcoming book as well. Uh, he has some very interesting uh, thoughts and comments, so you should be, uh, I mean, you guys should definitely check that out. Uh, I'm also going to be talking to historian Abbas Malda here. Uh, he has a, a book on Babur um, uh, coming up. In fact, I'm attending the, uh, possibly attending the book launch today. 
and uh, it'll be interesting to sort of uh, talk to him as well. He has done extensive research, uh, looked at first, uh, uh, first, uh, you know, uh, sources, uh, the Babar Nama, so on and so forth. Uh, studied Persian, in fact, uh, to be able to do that effectively and produce this uh, book that is, uh, you know, supported by uh, some of the other uh, well-known historians like Vikram Sampath and so on, uh, Sanjeev Sanyal and so on. Uh, so yeah. Uh, these are a couple of upcoming episodes uh, in the works. Um, if you stayed with us uh, for as long, uh, uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in and uh, continue to support us with your um, comments and so on and so forth. We'll see you on another episode of the Bharat Kartha Weekly shortly.